0: kian and i have just recorded this whole podcast for the final episode of game of thrones what was it called kian
1: the iron throne
0: and it should be worth noting that we are not positive about the episode at all and as a result the tone of this whole podcast is slightly (laughs) down so with that in mind this is our reaction to the episode
1: Take a deep breath. <laughs> Calm yourself down. I fainted. Oh shit! <sighs> Wake up, bud. We <laughs> have up. podcasts to do. <laughs> <laughs> have you dried the tears? of laughter from your eyes at this absolute farce of no
0: <laughs> oh my god <laughs> uh, uh, i just I, this is the thing i really i really don't know where to start like well, <clears throat>
1: i'm gonna right i'm gonna assume we're gonna have a lot of negative things to say about this episode and not only this episode but this being like the ending to the entire series so I might as well skip ahead. I have something positive to say. Will, will I just say it? It doesn't yes. matter where it occurs just in the stop, episode. Okay. I'll start positively. positively. Yeah. Okay. Right. I did get tears in my eyes at one point, I have to admit, right? Okay. Now, I've always been a big believer in the okay. kind of primal power of music in film and TV, right? So this has a very powerful part to play in this scene which is when John is saying goodbye to his three cousins slash siblings um, on the dock of King's Landing and the reason is I don't know whatever about the writing we can talk about the writing in a while but the, the theme that played the little leitmotif that played was Goodbye Brother which is on the season one soundtrack which plays when John says goodbye to an unconscious Bran oh. and yeah because like I pay such close attention to the music I, I clocked that I knew what theme it was and it just kind of made me really emotional because it did bring it right back to the very beginning like that in a nice subtle way mm. and I don't know it was just a final goodbye and regardless of my problems with the rest of the episode that music made that moment work for me personally mm. and like, I really it, I, I was brought into the show mm. like fully in that moment
0: oh good yeah yeah I mean uh, there's a lot uh, a lot of the good moments in the show are because of the foundations and the groundings that they built in those earlier seasons yeah and that is probably another example of that because the composer has just reincorporated a theme from an earlier season and that is kind of standard so yeah you know it's not yeah. surprising but um, yeah it's nice a nice little moment and also just shows how strong all of those foundations were that it can make you feel emotional just just on the basis of how it used to be almost exactly the nostalgia yeah yeah because um, pl- roll the clip of <laughs> oh <laughs> I'm like, here we go again no no don't worry I'm not going to start telling you to roll the clip every 10 seconds.
1: Oh, I have a couple of clips of my own. I'm going to cue myself later on to roll yeah. <laughs>
0: um, Here, if you want to know what my reaction to this episode was, just listen to what Kit Arrington said when he was interviewed. If you could describe the season finale of Game of Thrones in one word, how would you describe that? Disappointing. That's basically it. I mean i feel like i can't gather my thoughts here much because i'm you not know i'm fresh off the back of watching this episode like really literally half an hour ago i finished watching the episode yeah. so it's pretty raw to me but I, and i haven't sort of um digested the idea yet that it's the end of the whole show um yeah so I don't, I don't know. So all of the thoughts that you're going to hear from me today are going to be based on how I feel in the moment, fresh from watching it. And they might be a little bit too sort of subjective, overly sort of uh, emotionally led, haven't really had time to consider things in a ra- from a rational perspective yet. But yeah. that's what you're going to get with this podcast from my perspective anyway.
1: Yeah, I, I'm pretty much the same. Uh, but so yeah, I'll be reactionary as well. And quite subjective but um we will probably come back to game of Thrones in the future anyway when we've composed like a lot more cohesive thoughts mm. on it anyway but I will say um my overall view of these final two seasons like I've been at an emotional remove from the show for the last few years mm-hmm. um which is really kind of sad for me because I had been so emotionally invest- invested in it before but um the the most shocking thing for me personally isn't that i'm fuming with the final season it isn't that i'm like livid with rage it's that i don't care anymore and i'm just so apathetic to everything Mm. like i can be disappointed but i can't feel any really strong emotions about it and that that's the the most shocking thing to me Mm. considering where i used to be years ago
0: yeah Uh, yeah exactly the same for me i mean I I'm I feel a bit shocked after watching that episode for the same reason that it's the end of the whole show and I'm like you, I feel really ambivalent. I just... I don't... I was laughing, <laughs> as you know, during <laughs> yeah. scenes that were meant to be serious. Yeah. I was just... I was honestly stunned by how casually they seemed to approach things that they'd laid the ground the foundations for in much deeper and more subtle ways and then to sort of throw them away in a way which to me felt really well not okay let me get let me backtrack a little bit because last episode i said the 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 episode with danny burning king's landing and stuff for me as an episode of television it was one thing and then as an episode within the context of Game of Thrones, it was another. Yeah. As an episode of television, the last episode I gave five out of five. If you sort of forget what you knew about Game of Thrones. Yeah. And then within the context of what you knew about Game of Thrones and what it added to the whole story and all of that sort of stuff, I sort of said it's probably more like two and a half out of five. And I think mm. I think that's probably accurate.
1: <laughs> now what what about this one?
0: <laughs> See this is this is this is why I'm so shocked here because yeah. this as an episode of television was really bad yeah in my opinion
1: yeah I I'm, think the same
0: I hate to be overly critical but I, I honestly don't think it was a good episode of television like from no. from the off essentially and it felt like they'd written scenes to be uh, shown in a certain order and then decided against it halfway through or something Um, mm. I'll give you an example with um, them finding Grey Worm in the Street, oh, Jesus, ordering yeah, the execution of those guys, and then John Snow and Davos appear to be walking somewhere yeah. to 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 find Daenerys,
1: and then Grey Worm teleports to the top of the stairs up there. Yeah, yeah,
0: like that's no longer the same sort of teleportation that they've um, <laughs> shown in the previous episodes, where they just kind of discounted the length of time it would take to get from one area of. Westeros to another. This is a, this is a whole new, another level where it's like this isn't even this isn't even fans being pedantic. This is
1: no. And it's not minor continuity either. It's major major continuity. Yeah. It just Be- makes no sense. Because
0: they're heading towards Daenerys. That's where they're going. And then yeah. he's there. Like yeah. That makes no sense at all on however you want to dress that up. And then and then the whole scene with Tyrion, where, Daener- uh, where sorry, where John is talking to Tyrion, and then he goes to Daenerys, it feels really disjointed because the emotion that John is displaying during the scene with Tyrion feels completely at odds with the emotion he's displaying at the scene with Daenerys,
1: mm.
0: and it feels like the scenes were spliced together in a way, or, or something happened in post, or something happened in. The production of it, because none of that whole sequence for about fifteen minutes feels right from a continuity or um, a chronology perspective. Um, it's yeah. really, it's really odd. But yeah,
1: yeah, it is. Yeah, you're right. You're completely right. On like a an emotional and logistical in terms of walking through the streets level. Yeah. On both of those levels, you can't track A to B. It's like the alphabet doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah it's weird
0: and I I, I was kind of I mean backtracking a little bit where Tyrion is uncovering the um oh, the God. bricks to find yeah. Cersei and Jaime it's meant to be this emotional moment I, I didn't find it emotional it feels it, it felt completely pointless yeah I don't know what it achieved it, I, plus
1: okay. it, it undermined that scene in the last episode as well because you know that scene was shot and presented as if the whole place was caving in and it was inevitable that they died but it turns out if they stood 30 feet to the left or right they would have been fine
0: yeah I hadn't even thought of him that way but that's so true I mean it should have just been a whole mass of rubble Yeah. and in order to get the moment of Tyrion finding his siblings underneath the rubble they discounted what they showed in the previous episode but beyond that it, it doesn't even there was no need for it anyway from all they were trying to do was give Tyrion a an emotional goodbye to his siblings but you don't need that you don't need that you can, you can have him thinking about them you can have yeah. you can have him doing something similar to what Brienne did like this, there's lots he of different he could talk
1: ways. to Brienne he could talk to Brienne about Jamie yeah. maybe like why not I mean that would have been I, interesting
0: <laughs> I know it's the whole exposition thing but, but, but they've never shied away from exposition in the past where they have characters talking about a thing mm-hmm. I don't understand I, I just don't understand anything about this whole episode really I don't Um, understand whether it was ash or whether it was snow I don't (laughs) oh my god remember this yeah I think it must be
1: snow but it like but but that makes no sense and the reason I say it must be snow is when you know Drogon is buried under a mountain of the stuff yeah but even that makes like the way he shakes it off and the whole scene kind of looks like it's supposed to be cold but um like the the colour timing and everything on it like it is a very cold colorscape mm, but, is, um, yeah. but that still makes no sense because snow like how long was Drogon lying there for how long did it take John to walk <laughs> to the red keep like that is a massive amount of snow <laughs>
0: yeah he's just lying there for like a week days yeah, yeah. I don't understand I, I guess you could be covered by snow within like a few hours in fairness but it had to have been snowing pretty hard which didn't then add yeah. up with the rest of everything else
1: like, it, it, has, it wasn't snowing all last episode, so we have to assume between the end of last episode and start of this one, it started snowing suddenly for some reason. What? It just... I don't know. Well, this like, is the I thing. don't know what I mean, to say about this, because it's, it's just so bizarre.
0: It's very bizarre, because, I mean, I, we had a sort of a very brief conversation, which I won't go into, but <laughs> my, my point was that I was making was that it would be a visual mistake before I saw this episode I was saying it'd be a visual mistake for them to have it both snowing and the ash um, and to me that was quite obvious that would be what most filmmakers would think about they wouldn't have both at the same time they would have one or the other and the reason for it is is because as a viewer when you're watching it you don't want to be wondering in the moment whether it's snow or ash exactly because that's making you think oh is that snow or is it ash and it, it becomes a moment of
1: yeah, it's like the fourth wall is gone. Yeah, at that exactly.
0: Point. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be pondering whether it's snow or ash during a scene about something more important. And to me, that was quite obvious from a visual perspective. And yet, here we are wondering, even now, whether it's snow or ash. And if it was s- snow, it doesn't seem to make any sense in terms of how it behaves. And if it was ash, there's loads of it, and it's really white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I mean it, as you say it has to be snow but and there will probably be people listening to this thinking well obviously it's snow but the, the point we're making here isn't anything beyond that visually they've confused the matter by having it by having the ash falling in the end of the last episode and then having this episode have snow in it
1: mm-hmm.
0: and have th- that snow not make any sense But, I mean, I don't think we're being pedantic. That's... I really don't. No, I don't
1: think we are either. But... It's just... It's one of many things that just completely took me and you out of the episode. Exactly. This time around. Yeah. and There's there's a
0: list. Exactly. When all these tiny details, or seemingly tiny details, add up and add up and add up, you, you end up feeling completely removed from the experience. And that's... Mm. That's fine if we, we've gone before about how if you're a casual viewer and you're watching something, it doesn't really matter too much if you're removed from the experience because you're not watching it for that reason. You're watching it to be entertained. And that's fine. There are people who will be entertained by this episode. And fair play, you know. I I, I would rather enjoy something than not enjoy something, obviously. Mm. But if you started the show and fell in love with it for one reason, and then by the end of it, it no longer delivers those same things that's obviously going to be disappointing for some people and yeah. and we are those people <laughs>
1: yeah the funny thing is uh, even the way both of us watched this episode because I know how you watched it you were giving me uh, where you were kind of taking notes for yourself in the form of voice notes on WhatsApp yeah Um, just like so you could have a few points and go back to them as they were occurring in the episode but you know you were kind of removing yourself from the, the world of the show to do that you know you were kind of providing commentary while well, I was doing something similar while I was watching it which was I was I facepammed a lot I watched it by myself and I spent a lot of the time with my like cringing and putting my hands up to my face and like that's really weird for me because usually I eat up um, every visual detail like I love Mm. looking at like shape and colour and light and shadow and blocking and all this sort of stuff but I just this episode completely took me out of it yeah same I didn't feel
0: I didn't feel like there was I was peering through into this world at all there was a comment made at some point where I'd predicted jokingly that the end of this, or you might have predicted this jokingly. I can't remember who it was that at the end of the show, Sam well Tali would be reading a song oh, of ice and fire to his, yeah. to little Sam as a bedtime story in yeah. modern times, you know that like just to take it to, to the extreme. And, you know, that was the kind of the, extension of the the absolute end of the spectrum for how far it could have gone and it yeah. was a joke, obviously but when Sam plonked A Song of Ice and Fire down on the table later in the episode and in combination with all these other elements where I was completely removed from the episode, it really felt like anything could happen like in that respect. It really yeah. felt like someone could close a book and it and it be 2019 and it'd be David and Dan who then <laughs> look to the camera kind of thing like it was just getting to a point as, this, as the episode went on that just made it feel less and less like I was immersed in this world
1: I was genuinely expecting Bran to just stand up out of the wheelchair at one point and start <laughs> laughing evilly
0: because why not <laughs> and then what they sit down again
1: <laughs> yeah
0: he's, he's, and everyone just carries on
1: yeah just ignores him
0: well I mean Davos why did not? it why da- not Davos yes. had that moment where he said well I don't know if I if I, if I I can uh, vote or what did he say I'm not sure I get a vote but I I mean that was literally him stepping out of character and saying why am I here why is davos in this room who is davos how has he got to this point like no one knows including the writers including davos himself like you don't have i mean i guess that at least the writers are self-aware enough to know that davos has no purpose in it like at least Mm. they at least they know that but anyway That's later in the episode, so we've we've definitely jumped around. But let's
1: yeah, we'll be backtracking, get specific then. Yeah, why not? About things, okay. Yeah, God, where do you even start?
0: (laughs) I mean, we've 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 already mentioned how Grey Worm teleported, so we may as well sort of go from around there, sort of twenty minutes in. That's after
1: Tyrion spends ten minutes walking around the place. Yeah,
0: exactly. I mean, what's the ten minutes of walking around do Uh, anyway, apart from
1: exactly but, it, In screen but time. that would be fine if it's conveying something new but it's an emotion we're already familiar with and we know going into the episode so there's no need for it, that amount of screen time to be spent on Tyrion walking around looking at the horror that we've already seen occur when it was more horrible mm. because we already got that reaction from him last episode we don't mm. need to spend 10 minutes walking through the streets with him uh, especially when there are only what hundred no eighty minutes left anyway
0: so yeah so they spend 10 minutes just on peter dinklage's face as he walks yeah. around conveying no extra information no um, we sound really depressed during this podcast um it's because we are yeah because <laughs> we are like uh, I, i'm not gonna fake it yeah. I'm, I'm pretty depressed
1: then oh yeah th- we we see the respawned Dothraki and Unsullied oh yeah they,
0: they just keep respawning yeah that's strange isn't it da, um, Daenerys picked up their um, respawn card like in Fortnite and took it to one of those oh yeah she must
1: oh yeah she has the latest patch then does she <laughs> she updated it
0: it's season there no, she's got season ten yeah oh, this, really? this is what season t- ten is it's going it's gonna cross over did you not see the bit where They crossed over. Oh, no, that was Avengers, which is basically the same. It's better. What? (laughs) Because it knows what it is. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And then all this stuff... Okay, look. I I know we're going around a bit, but it's sort of necessary because it all interlinks. And Jon Snow has this stuff with Daenerys where (laughs) he looks really disappointed with her. And then... (laughs) Disappointed?
1: That's the perfect (laughs) word for it. It's not horrified. It's not like absolutely (laughs) disgusted it's just disappointing
0: (laughs) yeah and with Arya as well and um, but yeah he has this moment with Daenerys and then he has this moment with Arya and Arya seems to be having to convince Jon that Daenerys has gone mad for some reason even though it's quite clear and then Jon seems to have to be convinced by Tyrion that Daenerys has gone mad even though it seems to be clear and then John seems to not be convinced by either of them, and seems to be settled in his own resolute view that Daenerys is his queen, and and we're meant to believe that that's that. And then he kills Daenerys straight afterwards. So uh, so it then becomes really clear that all of those conversations were only in literally a scene and two scenes before literally only in to try and make the audience think maybe he will still support Daenerys which was fruitless anyway to try and make the audience think that and secondly he doesn't so it's kind of it becomes clear the reasons for it shortly afterwards but Mm -hmm. not it doesn't become clear the reasons for the character's motives it becomes clear the writers motives and you know when when the writers are giving away their motives through the characters what do you say about that
1: it's so it's so weird and bizarre like my my brain is a whirlwind now trying trying to organize all of this into something tangible yeah but um i don't think i can right now like i won't be able to for a few days i think i'll have to think about it and talk about it a lot more yeah um but yeah, the John and Danny thing, it, it even the way it was shot and played out, it, was, it seemed really cliched as well.
0: I pissed myself. <laughs> like, I, I honestly, like, I burst out laughing. Like, that is not the response that, that that moment was meant to have. And the reason I pissed myself was because of how cliched it was, where it felt like... I knew, I knew what was going to happen by this point, but I didn't know it was going to happen there. And then it felt surprising that it happened there so i pissed myself because it goes back to the whole subversion of expectations thing again like it was surprising that it happened in that moment but that's not necessarily a good thing like i knew what was going to happen and the reason it was surprising that happened in that moment wasn't because of anything good it was because it was out of nowhere the the moment was just completely doesn't ring true you know in no. the sense that he's there saying, you are my queen, you'll always be my queen. He's only just said to Tyrion, you know, she, she'll always be my queen and that's that. And then yeah. he kills her. Yeah. Like, why has he just been saying all this stuff if not to try and subvert the expectations of the audience? That's it. There is no inner motivations there. Now, Kit Harrington did a good job at trying to show this inner turmoil. He but we, we we deserve as an audience, longer than two minutes of character exploration to show the downfall of two of the well, the downfall and the turmoil of the two main characters of the whole series. Yeah. That's all we got. We got two minutes of of downfall for Daenerys, followed by fifteen minutes of Daenerys then standing over her whole army, seemingly Uncontrite for what she had done, and then we've got literally five minutes of John in emotional turmoil about what to do. Yep. Five minutes, and on top of that, bearing in mind it all it all rings falls a bit flat anyway because it doesn't really feel as if, as an audience, we've been shown how much Daenerys and Jon for each other in the first place, since it was half an episode in the last season where they fell in love. So the whole thing falls flat anyway. Why? Sh- because from an audience perspective, it's like why should he feel any emotional turmoil about this? So exactly. all it all feels completely odd that he even is having to be convinced. <laughs> Given the John that we know, <laughs> yeah. And as I said, it turns out he doesn't need to be convinced because he does it anyway. Just really, really odd.
1: It's totally odd. And even then, following on from that moment, you have. Drogon coming down and melting the Iron Throne. Like, I I wasn't aware that these dragons had the cognitive ability to grasp abstract notions like what a, a chair represents. That it represents power and turmoil and war. It doesn't. I mean, what, what's he doing burning that throne? That makes no sense. Okay, if it gets burned in the books, right? If that's where they're taking this from, I can almost bloody guarantee that it happens as a result of him going crazy over the whole throne room and it just it's collateral damage not it's not the target of his rage because daenerys is dead
0: and it might even have one of the characters seeing it happen and they interpret it in that way because that's how george writes you know but this is the thing i've seen some of the comments about this episode in the previous episode was like or if you didn't think Daenerys was going to go mad, you haven't been paying. You know, you haven't been paying attention. There's loads of that's, reasons why she should have gone mad. Exactly, uh,
1: that's not our argument at all. Our argument that's, isn't
0: that. I, I, don't. I'm not arguing that Daenerys shouldn't have gone mad. I'm not arguing that for the overall story that these story beats shouldn't have occurred. I'm not saying that Daenerys shouldn't have gone mad. I'm not saying that Jon shouldn't have ended up killing Daenerys. I'm not saying even that that, that Drogon shouldn't have burnt the Iron Throne. I'm saying that in those moments they didn't ring true and they all fell flat because we didn't have the grounding or the um, the time to explore these characters to the best of their ability. The key thing is with subjective, with with art, obviously everybody's interpretation of any type of art is going to be filtered through your own expectations, your own experiences in the past, your own reading of a specific event, your own interpretation of all of these things and it filters through all of these things and it creates your opinion of that art that's why something like Fellowship of the Ring may not be the strongest piece of entertainment ever produced but it can be someone's favourite film of all time or even why something like Back to the Future can be someone's favourite film of all time because it may not be perfect but there are are elements that just really strike a chord in people Mm. so i'm not taking away anything from those who for whom this struck a chord but what i'm saying is for the reasons that it originally struck a chord with me those reasons no longer apply Mm -hmm. and it stripped away those initial reasons so it's like me making a children's cartoon and then towards the end having you know swear words and all sorts of stuff and you know it, it's going to be jarring for the children and the, the, the parents will suddenly not like the show. It's the same concept this this used to represent something this used to be a type of show and story that was delivered in a way which appealed to me as an individual and to other people as an in, individual yeah. for whatever reason and we, we we try our best to break down those reasons, and that's the whole point of of discussing any type yeah. of art.
1: Yeah.
0: And those it, things are no a way represented, sorry.
1: Exactly. So no, I was just gonna say what you said there, and that's why we're kinda of struggling to grasp this right now. Yeah. Because it seems it doesn't really mean anything. There's no meaning to this at all. There doesn't seem to be any thematic resonance. Um That's so and true. I, I'm more and more convinced by the day that when David Benioff said in that interview the themes are for eighth grade book reports that he was actually serious. Mm which is scary for um a writer as renowned in Hollywood as he is but
0: there you have it yeah i mean that that's just simply not true for a start i mean no it's th- that's not a subjective comment that's just a that's just demonstrably false yeah. if you were to look at any of the truly great writers they may not george have George included yeah george included now, now he may he may then point to the fact that well no George says it doesn't mean this or this or this politically and it's like well no, that's not the same thing. It's yeah, still, that that's
1: allegory. That's not theme. Yeah,
0: it's still thematic. Yeah, and it's it, There were times during the episode where it seemed to have a, a little bit of a grasp on the themes, such as when John and Daenerys are having this final com- conversation, and and Daenerys says something about i'm doing what's right or what's good
1: yeah yeah
0: and john says well how do you know what's good and that's actually a really good line because it's in keeping with the overall theme of game of thrones and the books and it's also um applicable to modern times without being a direct a direct nod to modern times yeah exactly so that's that's that shows a grasp of themes but it was relegated to a line or two. They, they needed more time to explore the uh, culmination of the theme.
1: Like, in terms of big things that happen in this episode, there are only really two, aren't there? It's just Daenerys dying and Bran. <laughs> the, bra- the whole Bran fiasco. Let's go. I, Let, I, let's dig our teeth into
0: this. I pissed myself again. Like, oh my not only did I piss myself during because of what was happening in this next scene where they're all yeah. sat around. But I pissed myself I pissed myself about everything. Like, it was the fact yeah. that it seemed <laughs> to skip ahead in time.
1: Yes, but, it did, yeah. But I no, did the I... first, there was the first Fade to Black and I, I think it's the first Fade to Black in the show. Really? Um, yeah, I, I, like, I'm pretty sure there's never been, a, there's been plenty of cuts to Black but that's different. Fade to Black, like, as you know, it implies passage of time and stuff and that, I don't think that's ever been in the show before. So, right. well done, guys. Cool. Any, anyway, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, faced black. There's no longer any snow slash ash. So that also implies a passage of time. It looks kind of sunny again. Yeah. Um, which means I don't <laughs> know what that means. I mean, it's they've abandoned the whole idea of seasons. Yeah. Um. So I have no idea. Um. They're all in one place, like the Avengers. <laughs> Davos had. South parodies his own existence.
1: <laughs> yeah. And do you know what's really, really bizarre about this? What? The, fa- the fact that there, there are a few extras in the scene, right? Yeah. But they are out of place because we've gone so long with just the main characters being relevant and yeah, being around yeah. each other that it just looks really weird when there are actually other people featured.
0: Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, it there's does. That
1: random, there's that random prince of is he the prince of dorn oh yeah yeah, he is. It Varys, be, yeah. Said it. yeah and like okay I, I don't know it's just bonkers isn't it
0: oh totally bonkers and then the whole stuff of Edmure. what are they doing what? what are they doing with him what are they doing why is I, he, are,
1: they, what what's he say like what why does sansa tell him to sit down they forgot to add in the laugh track after that line i think
0: and i like to think my experience has led to some small skill in statecraft
1: and Uncle. Understa- Please sit.
0: <laughs> well, he was meant to be making a fool of himself. <laughs> what is What is that moment? What are they doing? But why should that have any resonance for any of the audience whatsoever, considering we haven't seen Edmure for like three seasons? Yeah. And it has no place there at all, that whole e- no. um, moment. Mm hmm. I would have. Been, it would have been better off just not having Edmure there. I think. Um, yeah. It would have been like oh, this goes back to the whole stuff we used to say earlier on in this season about how the earlier Game of Thrones used to do this thing, which The Wire also does, where it only has characters whom are relevant to the situation and yeah. the scenario. So The Wire had this thing where if uh, a cop was investigating something, it wouldn't just necessarily use one of the cops we'd already been. Um, introduced to and then Game of Thrones did this thing where if there was a lord of some place they wouldn't just use another character they would introduce that new lord and yeah. and now the last couple of seasons we know that it's become Avengers-esque but then it just comes to a whole new level when they've got Sansa, Bran, Arya Brienne like all these characters who w- wouldn't be there Yeah. Why are they sat? Th- I mean, this is the thing. If you think about it for like a second, it doesn't make any sense. And no. even if you don't think about it for a second, it then it becomes then it's jarring for an audience member anyway. Which is why people are saying that they then they haven't enjoyed it. Yeah. Hang on. Why are they there in the first place? To discuss with Grey Worm about who's they want John and Tyrion to be free.
1: Oh yeah, Grey Worm who inexplicably didn't kill John the moment he found out what happened
0: yeah also Grey Worm who um, despite six seasons of character development um, had his whole character reduced to only being only doing and only thinking exactly what Daenerys told him to do and think again that doesn't mean I don't buy Grey Worm doing the things that Daenerys tells him to do doesn't mean i don't buy that what it means is we need to see that we need to see the we know that that character is three dimensional now so now once we know that that character is three dimensional we've got to see some of the struggle that's going on we've got to see some of the things this whole episode should have been stretched over like a whole season
1: yeah totally yeah it really should
0: we we've we've discussed that before about the the problems with the short season but having all these things happen in a few a few scenes and then within those scenes giving screen time to people like Edmure catching his sword on the concrete as he tries to walk backwards <laughs> and then everyone smiling between themselves <laughs> it's, it's a parody I don't know what to say
1: I can just like I've literally just leaned back in my chair and started laughing because I don't know what to say <laughs> <sighs> And then, but even why do they start listening to Tyrion anyway? <laughs> why, why do they give him the time of day? He's a prisoner. Why? Why doesn't Grey Worm clock him on the head and tell him to shut up?
0: <laughs> because they need to. They need to get this. They need to finish the story. Which
1: oh yeah, oh, yeah because Tyrion's smart, isn't he? Despite not being smart for two whole seasons, yeah. he's smart. He's, he's a smart, smart one, when sorry. he
0: says things that are quite obvious. When he steps forward and says things in a very solemn tone, and. <laughs> Then people know that they should listen to him, even though what he's saying is just completely obvious, anyway. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and then and then there's like John. Okay, so Bran is the now is the now the king.
1: Oh man, that is hilarious. I mean, like we haven't understood <laughs> Bran for uh, <laughs> we've we've questioned Bran's role and his existence and his identity for I don't know how long now. Plus, they skipped the season with him anyway. But um, <laughs> like what? Oh man. I don't why is he the king why is, why he, is he the king but, and then we, we also have Sansa wanting the north to be independent it's like why should anyone else follow Bran if his own sister won't follow him
0: <laughs> she's like I love you Bran you're a great guy you're my little brother <laughs> but listen and he's like I understand but
1: then like, <laughs> also they try to get across the idea that this was Bran's plan all along right <laughs> everything that happened happened to get to this moment. But they play that in a kind of lackadaisical, airy-fairy, happy way. But no, if Bran was intentionally behind all of this, then he allowed everything to happen. He had the ability to stop all the horror that's happened and he didn't. So
0: how does no one pick up on that? Well, it's because the writers are playing on the idea of destiny, right? They're they're, they're relying on us going oh well that's destiny and you know that's what they're saying blah 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 but when you've we still need to understand how that plays into the world and how the characters respond to this idea of destiny even if that is the case
1: yeah
0: which they don't we don't have any idea how the characters respond to this we don't know why they just accept it from Bran (laughs) we don't have any of the fallout to that you know Not everyone just accepts... Okay, if God came down tomorrow, and I'm not saying Bran is God, but in the real world, and he would have a lot of things to answer for, and people would want to know. Yes. If someone has that level of control and omniscience and and omnipresence, then then it would just follow logically that they would be under scrutiny, which he isn't. He's just ignored and then made king! He's ignored for like a whole season and then they're like, even though we've ignored you because we just don't want to like approach the concepts because it's too difficult to work out in script form, like, we'll make you king now. <laughs>
1: oh <sighs> Jesus, but Bran is so useless, isn't he?
0: No, he's not because at the end when they wonder where Drogon is, he's like, I'll go and find him or something. No, he's not useless.
1: He's not useless. Oh yeah, fair enough. And that's that's a small council meeting where Bron is master of coin, isn't it? Bron who, mere seasons ago, and I'm going to speak to my future self who is editing this now. I'm going to tell him to roll the clip because there is evidence of this. I've never borrowed money before. I'm not clear on the rules. A few seasons ago, Bran... Bran? Bronn did not know what a loan was. He did not grasp the concept of loaning money yet. Now he's a suitable candidate for Master of Coin. Right? Okay. Fair enough. And. Why not? Why not? He's a character we know and love. Fuck it. Throw him in.
0: <laughs> and two episodes ago, he was, or three, or whatever it was, he was threatening Jamie and Tyrion to kill them.
1: Yeah. Mate, Ma- you, you, can cut Bran, you can cut Bran from this whole season and nothing changes. Bran or Bron? Oh, both. <laughs> both doesn't matter no, <laughs> who did you need mean? I meant
0: Bran right yeah but both yeah but yeah you could definitely cut Bran why Why did they why did they They? oh god why did they just say why did Cersei offer him that money to kill them it made no sense because nothing Bronn, happened and oh. all it did was added this supposed sense of peril which never materialised anyway exactly honestly Bran should
1: have died last season when he saved Jamie from Drogon
0: yeah Sure. That
1: was the moment. He should they should just kill him, whether so, the fire gets him or he drowns trying to like help Jamie. Just get rid of him then and there.
0: Yeah, he certainly shouldn't have been bloody Master of Coin. Master of Coin. And then, he's, then
1: a, he's he's in he's on a level with Littlefinger and Tyrion now. They've both held that position before. Just think about that.
0: Oh my God, Bron. Jeez. So yeah, that's a really good point. So when you think about what they did in season one, oh my God. So in season one. When we had a king who was apparently a little bit useless, yep. Robert Baratheon, he had a council full of people who were who were all basically the best at their job, people yep. like Littlefinger, who was and Peter uh, Peter Baelish, who was this very intelligent, manipulative, scheming bloke, <laughs> yep. and then now in the final season. When we've got a character as king who we're meant to love and is apparently all seeing and all knowing, and a and a hand to the king who throughout the whole series has been established as being basically the, the most intelligent guy, they give yeah. master of coin to Bron. <laughs> <laughs> that makes oh, a that gosh. makes a complete mockery of like the world that they establish the law. Just give it to a character we've never seen before. It doesn't yeah. matter that we haven't seen the character before and you're in. Inter- what is this obsession with having to give every single character like a suitable ending, which is I understand that part of it, but then the the concern about introducing new characters. It doesn't matter if it's just one guy who's there in that scene. No. And it's because but- they wanted Bronn to randomly start talking about having money for brothels thereby then showing how useless he is for the job exactly god it, like, even that same point even
1: applies to Sam to be honest why is he Grand Maester he didn't he was only in the Citadel for a little while he didn't graduate he doesn't know anything about metalwork, healing anything like that he just reads books why is he Grand Maester he's supposed to be the one protecting the king and the most highly regarded of bloody all of them in the whole country what's he doing there <laughs> Oh no no like, no. Nah. We, we we like Sam, but come on.
0: Yeah. He re- no he read a, he read a book which had a diagram of how to remove grayscale and he he followed that perfectly. And even though everyone had said, "Oh, it's too dangerous." He literally just followed the diagram and then did it and cured Jorah. <laughs> so, you know, he's brave enough to do that. Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm allergic to the final season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> 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 Oh man! Oh. Do you know what? Do
1: you know what? I yeah. will say though. Yeah. In terms of where John ends up, I like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I,
1: I, re- I really like that idea that because you know he has always been at home and is most comfortable in the north, and he hasn't been the same man since Egret died and all that crap happened. But um, yeah. So like, as an idea, I like him and Tormund and ghost who is now actually acknowledged again going north of the wall to where is their real home I love that and like I like the way it echoed a lot of the shots from like the first episode in that sequence as well that was pretty cool George Lucas would approve
0: again it's like poetry so if they rhyme and again it's a lovely bookend like it made sense how it ended in terms of story beats but it was just again the fact that it wasn't it was just all the stuff around it and the fact that it fell flat for me
1: Mhm. Sansa's queen of the north.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Woohoo. Yay. Like fine good. I suppose she is a good, she is a good ruler. Like in terms Daenerys, right? Daenerys isn't a good ruler. She's a good conqueror and warmonger. I think that's been proven, right? Yeah. yeah. Cuz they're not the same thing. whereas Sansa is a good ruler because she did have that line about not having enough food that one time. Yeah, she did actually. Yeah. So yeah, it makes sense she's a, she's a good uh, <laughs> Yeah, she's a good oh, candidate to. Run. and
0: she's the smartest person that I have yeah. ever known.
1: Oh God, yeah. How could I forget? Yeah. 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 And then she'd know how to use a knife. The next episode. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I just want <clears throat> to. just want to backtrack a little bit. Actually, it really annoyed yeah. me when Tyrion was moving the chairs. How light those chairs looked. Oh God, they're big blocks of wood. Yeah, in the first the first season, like he was dragging a chair that was really heavy. Yeah. to to move it into position and then here yeah. he is they look like plastic chairs so how <laughs> was, how has everything they gone plastic from <laughs> <laughs> how has everything gone from looking like really like, everything looked like it had less of a budget in the f- first few seasons and yet it came across like everything was more authentic and real and here we are in the final season where everything is obviously costs a lot and it somehow ends up looking cheap because it, he's moving chairs like He's lifting them up to push them in. But I'm being really, really, really pedantic now. But yeah. it's because, it, as as I said, it's because it becomes as a part of this whole thing that that it then becomes more noticeable. And you've got Bran stand, sitting there and, and saying that he's going to go and see where Drogon is for no reason. And then you've got John going to the war, which, as you said, it's a nice story beat for him. And Sansa being queen, which, yeah, fair.
1: And then Arya, going west of Westeros.
0: What, what an awful line.
1: <laughs> that, she says that line in a previous season as well. Yeah. I think she... Is it season six? She says it to... um, What's she called? Lady Crane. Yeah, that is it. When she's on the run. When she's just been gutted by uh, the faceless men, by the waif. And Lady Crane heals her. Arya's like...
0: Essos is east and Westeros is west. But what's west of Westeros? Yeah, what? I mean again it was kind of like fine but it was like it was the way she said it and it was as like it was profound somehow yeah like oh yeah i've never thought of that wow yeah so west. no one knows what's west of westeros no one knows okay <laughs> like and then there's like a little smile that she'd been doing all the way through the season like where it has a close-up and she has a little smile slash pout <laughs> yeah so it's just aria the explorer now it's like they're gonna have a spin-off series of her. That's how it oh, felt. I'll oh, stop. Stop. Did it not feel that way though? Like, oh, and it oh, felt it like did. there's gonna be a, a spin-off series of Brom being master of coin, where it is a, like literally it's a sitcom. And yeah. it, you know, it, there won't be a spin-off with Sansa and Jon, and you know, they feel like the main characters really. Why is everyone <laughs> always wear like black leather and stuff now?
1: Yeah, Jesus didn't someone say that the other day did i say that uh, the I other think day? you said it
0: the other day, yeah
1: yeah it's it's strange isn't it it, it is It since um season four when the production designer changed because uh i remember thinking during joffrey's wedding there's that big ridiculous lion head which doesn't seem to to fit in with the world at all like it looks way too modern and uh like i i love that episode but at the time i was like jesus what like what is that lion head where did they get that it looks so weird and out of place and yeah since it's since then that the costumes have gradually become more leathery and tight and black and just out of place
0: it looks like steampunk now
1: it does yeah that's a good point
0: that's the end of Game of Thrones
1: yeah I just shook my head when you said that I closed my eyes and shook my head
0: that's the end of it yeah that's it I'm really
1: disappointed. Yikes! Like, so am I. Because even last week, like we, despite the fact we we agreed that last episode didn't have the appropriate setup to deliver upon those events as like a proper earned, um, tentpole moment of the story, right? Mm. We we still thought it was a really, really, really good episode. Mm. Right. This is just a bad episode, as you said right at the very start of this. No matter what way you look at it, it's it's a bad episode of television. I think whether so. whether yeah. you're looking at it as a Game of Thrones episode or something you switch on, where you flick through, you flick to with the remote, like it's a bad episode of television.
0: Yeah. You see, the thing is, is towards the beginning of that episode, where Daenerys is standing over her troop of soldiers and it has this sort of amazing s- cinematic of yeah. of that yeah i had that sort of thought process i thought oh this is this is good if i just turn this on now i'd be like wow this is amazing mm-hmm. right this is amazing but then equally that moment is is weakened by the fact that daenerys dies like a scene after that because yeah. because the moment which w- what that's trying to say as a moment is look at this amount of power that she has amassed how frightening is that and then the moment afterwards she's dead and that power's gone it's gone yeah so even in that specific episode if i had just switch on to it i would have been like well why the you know why the grand showing of her being in power the scene before if she's dead already yeah. Like even a- if you've only seen that episode, that's how you would feel emotionally afterwards.
1: Ex- exactly. It's okay. like the idea just doesn't have time to breed. Yeah. It's just cut off, right? As it's introduced.
0: Yeah, I mean this. I mean this stuff. With if if all of these beats happen, and and you know, let's even say, let's even let's even think from the perspective of 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 it being aesthetic. That shot of Daenerys standing there over those people represents her being in power and in control of all these people, and and the, and the devastation that she's just committed on King's Landing and what that could mean going forward that's what that shot represents yeah so you have to have some kind of tension around what that represents now that that tension should should be two or three episodes at the very least if not mm-hmm. a whole season so it's just it uh, just beggars belief honestly what they've, yeah. what they've been doing in terms of the planning for this season or the last two yeah. seasons probably more accurately because even if they had even if they had the beats and even if they wanted to cut the whole show shorter there was another way of doing this i'm sure of it has to be you don't you, you don't have to hit all the beats that that george told you about if the, if okay let's say they went okay we're going to have eight seasons that's what we're going to do George tells them all the beats. They go, okay, we're only having eight seasons. We can't hit all of these beats. Okay, take out this beat, take out that beat, blah, blah, blah. blah. Have Daenerys taking over King's Landing at the beginning of this season. Have last season showing her downfall in a more spectacular fashion. Have last Mm -hmm. season ending with the sort of cliffhanger of will she, won't she, you know, fall over the edge of that precipice of madness. Mm -hmm. you know then you've got a whole season for the development of the downfall of her character then you've got a whole season for the actual downfall and they didn't do those things so even if you had specific beats that you were given by George you don't have to show every beat that's not what adaptation is about
1: and in fact that's why the first couple of Harry Potter films were worse than the third one anyway because they were too faithful exactly they followed the book to the, the books to the letter yeah yeah.
0: And you can be you can you can be too faithful. It's actually why the Golden Compass film doesn't work in my my opinion because they follow the the book to the letter, but thematically and tonally it's completely off. So it feels like a overly long yet rushed interpretation of the book. Yeah. It's the same sort of thing, which is what they've done here. It's a, it's a dragged out and yet rushed adaptation of the books. Yeah. Which is the, the, sort of the worst possible thing you can do. Have it feel simultaneously dragged out and rushed.
1: My God. Well, at least we'll have a reboot in ten years.
0: But I don't know how the podcast ends.
1: It ends with a whimper. Just like the show. <laughs> <laughs>